if you'd pray with me. Let's pray. Father, we come here, and I have nothing. I have nothing to offer because everything you've done in my life is because of you. And, and Father, each of us have a similar story that happened today or this week, and, and we don't want to think about that. We want to just concentrate on your word and hear what your Holy Spirit has for all of us. So I pray that you would calm and still each of our hearts and that you would bless this time tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so the first thing I really want to do is familiarize ourselves with, with the verses that this pertains to, because um, it has been a little while. So it's Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And that's where, where we're drawing the fruit of the Spirit. So Galatians 5, 22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. So tonight, we're talking about faithfulness. This could be uh, a, an exhaustive study on just that topic alone. This is not an exhaustive study. This is a Wednesday night service where I am talking about things that, that, that build what faithfulness means and what it is. So tonight, we're actually going to be looking at a few definitions. Uh, two specifically, for faithfulness, ours, a.k.a. not true, and God's. And, and then we have to look at what kind of application the Lord would have us apply with this topic. So, you know, what I like to do with the youth is I always like to do definitions. Uh, because, honestly, if we don't define what we're talking about, I could go 20 minutes in, and you're thinking this, and I'm way over here, right? So I like to create a good baseline. We need to all understand what it all means and what the terms mean. Otherwise, I could be talking about the color gray, and you're thinking chartreuse. I did just use that from the pulpit, and I can spell it too. Funny thing is, I actually had to ask Julie right before this, what color is this? Because uh, I didn't really know what it was. Good thing it's opposite of gray. Anyways, so we're going to talk about those. Um, and, you know, this is from, of course, Google Dictionary and Webster's. But these are the definitions you'll find. So I want to start with faith, right? So oftentimes we know what it is in our heart, but when someone asks you, sometimes it's hard to put a definition to it. So let's start with faith. It's defined as complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Okay? Complete trust or confidence in something or someone. Example. I have faith that when I press the start button in my car, the ignition switch will work, fuel will be sprayed into the cylinder, the spark plug will spark, and my engine will start. Okay? So I have trust that that's going to take place. Let's move to faithful. The definition of faithful is loyal, constant, and steadfast. My example, every day at five, my two labs are faithful to let me know it's time to eat. And you, get the, you get the example. Faithful 
is defined as loyal, constant, and steadfast. So let's look at the definition of faithfulness. It's defined as the quality of being faithful. And, and, and I'm going to say that again because we'll talk about that throughout this. The quality of being faithful. Uh, my example for this is the faithfulness of my dad to show up at all my soccer games was incredible. Now, I want to point out, notice that our, our worldly definition of this has an element of measuring. Quality of being faithful. The word quality implies or signifies there's a level here, like a scale of 1 to 10. So a quality of being faithful, meaning you can be kind of faithful or you can be a lot faithful, right? So that's how we, as you know, Google Dictionary or Webster's, define faithfulness. So it starts off by even our own definition of faithfulness is not definite, right? We have to throw in some wiggle room in there. But faithfulness is a derivative of faithful. It's the, the, the action, the steadfastness of being faithful. Um, and, and there's many a verse that talk to being steadfast. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, and most of you know this. Um, it says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Or his mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It, this gives us the impression and the meaning that it's a continuing, never-ending characteristic. Now, I'll be honest, I found it pretty ironic that the Lord had me teach on this specific fruit of the Spirit. Uh, because I consider myself not to be very steadfast and faithful across multiple fronts, uh, multiple topics, uh, multiple ways. There's a million ways I've just, I've failed. Um, so already starting out, I had like no personal examples to pull from. But, uh, you know, sitting down and, and looking at this, I remember that really doesn't matter because uh, I bring nothing to the table. Uh, hence, he used a, a shepherd to bring down a giant, uh, a person who wasn't eloquent of speech, which I, I love Moses as the example to rescue and lead millions of Hebrews out of Egypt and made a donkey speak. So I can be used. Fair enough. Okay. So again, faithfulness is the quality of being faithful. So uh, being faithful takes actually believing in something. That's literally why it's quite impossible for us to be faithful in every area of our lives. Because we don't believe in everything we do in every area of our lives. But here's the difference, and that's why we're going to talk about these two definitions. God is faithful, and there are two distinct definitions here. We have one, and God has one. He is faithful in all things, and, and that's precisely why the writer could say that all the promises of God are yes and amen. Deuteronomy 7.9. So Deuteronomy 7.9 says that, Therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is, faith, he is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. 
And I love this scripture in particular when we're talking about faithfulness, which we'll get into later because faithfulness talks, and it's mentioned here, for a thousand generations. That's, that's a duration. And we'll talk about that later. Matthew 17, 20, uh, you have Jesus speaking to the disciples. And this is where he says, For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing will be impossible uh, for you. This is a, a verse we, we've read and we, we recount, but sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our minds around this because, I mean, I'll raise my hand. I'm not a gardener. I've got a black thumb. I, I, I've, I've never seen a mustard seed. So I, I don't get how Jesus was relating this to his disciples. That's a mustard seed. What he's saying is if we are faithful in having a mustard seed size of faith, we can do those things. And, and I'm a visual. We're going to have some pictures, folks. <laughs> because I'm a visual guy, um, I like crayons and construction paper. And now that I'm older, just like you, that has grown to a whiteboard and dry erase markers. It's the same thing. Just age difference, that's all. I'm actually astounded at the size of a mustard seed because those things, they're only one to two millimeters in size. So keep looking at it. That's a finger. It's a, like not drawn to actual size, it, right? But one to two millimeters is incredibly small, right? So to put it in perspective, um, this is going to be so automotive, you may, I may lose you, but just stay awake. When you gap your spark plugs in your car, I have, I have to throw this out. That is, and, and you're talking, you can barely measure it on your finger. That's 32 millimeters, that's one to two millimeters. And Jesus is saying that's the only amount of size of faith we have to have. And yet, that small, when planted, goes to this. It's the largest of um, garden plants with branches so big, um, you know, birds of the air can perch in them. And, and it, that gives you the idea. It God can start with something that small, and, and many times in our life, in our lives, we have faith only that small or, or, or smaller. But who is faithful with a little? God can grow and turn into larger. And, and, and see, he used this because they would have known this. They would have known this, the, the, the small stature of this seed. Now, Tuan began with an awesome exhortation. Of the, of the fruit of the Spirit, love. Of really, everything after love, the rest of the fruit of the Spirit flows out of love. And, and I ha the reason God, the Holy Spirit, inspired the writing of this is because it's true. Without love, look at the rest of the fruit of the Spirit. Love is first for a reason. You know, Sure, you can try and be faithful in your own strength without love. You know, that's possible. But without love being first, faithfulness will falter, it'll fail, and it'll fade away. And, and remember the scripture I read in Deuteronomy 7-9, talking about the faithfulness of God for a thousand generations. 
if you don't have love, the faithfulness you, you try and put up as a front will, will fade away and it will fail. You know, faithfulness is, is one of the only fruit of the spirits that can't be faked. It really can't. So you can fake other fruit of the spirits for short durations. And I'm going to give you an example. Peace and patience. How often do we fake that? Great example, because I'm in, like, rush hour traffic every morning. And uh, I'm pretty sure that we've tried to be patient and, and peaceful in our own strength. And, and I reference Tuan. I'm going to reference my brother Trevor when he taught. I'm the same way. My peace and patience from my morning Devo time to when I'm doing 70-plus-ish miles an hour down 288 in morning traffic and there's somebody in the left-hand lane, a.k.a. the fast lane, going five miles an hour below the speed limit and has blocked you in. That peace and patience in my own strength goes away. It's all gone, right? Because I'm doing it in my own strength. And we've all got examples like that. When you try and do something in your own strength and you realize very quickly, I was not prayed up, you know, I'm not really exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit right now. So, Faithfulness is one thing that cannot be faked. Because remember the definition. You have faithful and faithfulness. Faithfulness is the duration, the, the act of steadfastness of being faithful. So there's a time measurement for faithful. And that's what we have to realize here. So I want to relate this, and this is not a car example, so you guys will be happy. So let's look at a box. When you go to UPS or FedEx, what are the measurements? Length, width, and height, right? Standard measurements for how you measure anything. Well, faithfulness, if you want to do something similar to faithfulness, the measurements of faithfulness would be time by consistency by result. Time by consistency by result. Because result has to be part of the equation too. Because how faithful is a warranty when you call on the warranty and it doesn't work? Not really a great warranty, and they're not being very faithful in the warranty they promised. Faithfulness must have the qualities of longevity and consistency as well. You know, and, and I started to pray over this teaching and what in the world um, the Lord would want to even have me talk about. And it wasn't until I, I, I looked at myself through the lens of what God calls faithful and faithfulness. And it wasn't until I looked at that lens when I really realized we've got two sets of standards. And it was then that I realized I, I, I now know what to talk about. Um, because we have had... a, a um, uh, a definition of faithfulness um, that is built up in our lives that, that for the most part, it isn't true. Once we look through the lens of our Heavenly Father, we actually have a plumb line. We actually have a true plumb line for what faithfulness should be and what it should look like. You know, I, I had the pictures um, on, the, uh, on the first slide. Nicole, if you could go back. You know, when I asked a bunch of people, random people, I won't say their names, what, what picture immediately comes to your mind, right? What picture immediately comes to your mind when you think of faithful uh, or faithfulness? 
And, and I got a lot of varying answers. You know, dogs, uh, you know, uh, a long marriage, grandparents, things like that. And, and we're going to start with what we think faithfulness is, our definition. Those are the two on the left. And then what the true definition is, is the picture on the right. So oftentimes we can think that faithfulness is something like a, a family member or, or, or a faithful spouse or, or a coworker or a, a brother and sister in Christ or, or even a faithful dog. Like, I have two labs at home and they are faithful to me right up to the point where they jump up and headbutt me or do things I don't want them to do. I'm pretty sure they love me, but sometimes I don't know. That doesn't give me a warm, fuzzy feeling about their faithfulness to me. So I've got a lot of examples of what could be considered faithfulness in certain areas, um, and, and you could taper them and relate them to your own life. So these are just a, a couple I picked out on my own. Um, I have a ton of car buddies and VW forums, and, and they will travel states and days away just to go to a car show or like a get-together, right? They're faithful in that area. I have met a lot of people in the Spartan races I've ran in who have flown, and they fly everywhere to make every race they can to do as many races as possible. The last one I was in, I was running next to a guy who flew in from, like, St. Thomas. And I looked at him like, you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. What are you doing? Like, why are you here? But he's faithful to go to everything. I've met uh, a lot of people that are, are amazingly faithful to be at the gym every morning at the YMCA at 5 in the morning. Every morning. I have no idea what their home life is like, but their faithfulness to the gym is perfect. You know, there's, there's faithful folks that, that do those things that, that volunteer, um, whether it's Habitat for Humanity or, or, or helping the homeless or picking up trash or, or taking care of pets. or All of those things, there's nothing wrong with them, and I want to lay that out. I'm not, I'm not downplaying them at all, but I'm saying that people can be very faithful in one specific area. Maybe two, maybe, maybe five. But we have this idea that that's what it is. But those personnel, and myself included, that are faithful in certain areas aren't faithful in everything across the board in their life. They fail in other areas. Our faithfulness changes based on situations, feelings, and emotions. It really does. Um, sometimes our faithfulness is based uh, on the, uh, well, has that person reciprocated something to me? If they have, then I'll continue to be faithful. If they haven't, maybe next time. So I'll give you an example of my unfaithfulness here. Julie and I celebrated our 19th wedding anniversary in January. And, and, and it is because of Jesus that we have. Praise the Lord. But I am not very faithful in some of the things she has asked me to do at home. Everybody's got a story like this, right? So for the, I don't know, the last 18 years, she has asked me repeatedly to pick things up off the floor instead of kicking them where they need to go. <laughs> Played soccer growing up. I see a sock on the floor, bank shot, <laughs> off the window blinds, sometimes into the dirty laundry, sometimes not. I see her shoe. Oh, it's not in the closet. Corner kick. That's how I view things that are on the floor, even though... She has lovingly and repeatedly asked me to be faithful and please pick things up and place them where they need to go. Sorry, Julie. Um, and I, I fail in that. I just I can't get it through my head. 
So none of, none of what I, I said can, can truly live up to what faithfulness is. And, and we really need scripture to point us to what it really is and what it really means. So there are uh, uh, an innumerable amount of scriptures um, in the Bible that I could reference, but I, I, I picked just a few. And as we read this, I want to remember that faithfulness is the constant or steadfastness of being faithful. 2 Timothy 2.13. I love this for the simple reason that I know I fail in being faithful to God and what he's called me to do. 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. 1 John 1.9. This, and, and I can't put a date on how many times this has reminded and refreshed people throughout the ages. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That scripture alone, since it was penned, has embodied the faithfulness of God and his saving grace. 1 Corinthians 1.9 God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. Because let's be honest, he called us. I, I, I didn't go seeking him. He first loved us. That's how faithful he is. He called us out from wherever we were. 2 Thessalonians 3.3 3. But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Psalm 119, verse 90. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. Psalm 33, 4. For the word of the Lord is upright and all his work is done in faithfulness. Some New Testament, a couple old, Every single one of these writers is writing of the faithfulness of God. And I'm pretty sure every one of these writers did not have a rainbow and unicorn filled life. Right? We know who wrote these books. Yet they continue to profess the faithfulness of God. And, and, and as we get into this section, what faithfulness really is, I've got to... Um, say I did not come up with this statement. It was on a, a text from a sister who had written it in a text thread. But it phrased it perfectly, and this was like months ago. Past actions determine future ones, and God has a perfect track record. He has never failed. And he's never failed any of us, and he's never failed any of us at any time. Now, it may not have been in your timing, and it may not have been in your way, but he has never failed. In Andrew Murray's book, Humility and Absolute Surrender, Andrew states that when God has begun the work of absolute surrender in you, then God holds himself bound to care for it and to keep it. God is faithful to keep it 
for you because he knows we can't do it ourselves. So one of my favorite uh, pastors to, to read and to quote is uh, Spurgeon, as I'm sure is many of yours. And he's got a paragraph I want to read that, that talks about and just highlights a few things about the faithfulness of God. How willing he was, speaking, and this is speaking of Jesus, how willing he was all his life long to render any kind of assistance to his followers. Whensoever they were in trouble, he was their willing and able friend. When the sea roared and was tempestuous, I, would, I hope I said that right, and he slept for a while hard by the helm, they had to but wake him and he rebuked the sea and straightway the winds and waves were still. When Peter's wife's mother was sick of a fever, he did but enter the house and speak the word, and the fever left her. And when one of his dearest friends had passed beyond ordinary bounds of hope, and was not only dead, but had been buried for four days, yet he loved even to that far-reaching end and proved that he was the resurrection and the life by effectually crying out, Lazarus, come forth. God has always been faithful to provide, and Jesus has always been faithful to save. There is no one that can ever say Jesus refused to save someone. He has saved everyone that is willing because that picture is the ultimate picture of the faithfulness of God. Because of our Regardless of where we were, regardless of who we are, uh, what our background was, he still sent Jesus on the cross to die for us. That's ultimate faithfulness. Knowing that Scott Welch was an intense sinner and had no right for anything. But you know what? I'm going to save him anyway. And it's a beautiful picture. Simple example of his enduring faithfulness is that there is a never-ending supply of His grace, regardless of our unfaithfulness or lack of faith in Him. Now, I know what some of you are saying, and, and, and I get it because I've said the same thing. Um, and anyone who talks on this subject and, and talks about the faithfulness of God and the love of God, there will always be people with a doubt and, and, and remembering but how is that possible because of the valley I'm in? How is that possible because of the valley I'm walking through, because of the, the darkness of the night that I'm in? And this I, this I do have personal examples on. And I've walked through valleys and I've walked through the darkest of night that none of you will ever do. But you have walked through valleys and darknesses of night that I will never see. But none of them, None of what you have ever experienced and none of what I have ever experienced disproves God's faithfulness. None of them disprove His love. Yes, you know, we hurt and we cry and we fall on our face and we cry out in those times. But He lifts us out of them every time for His purpose. And it wasn't, it's funny, I'm going to actually reference uh, some of you have the, the streams in the desert, Devo. <laughs> Funny story behind this one. Julie tried to get me to read this when we first got married back at Fort Carson in uh, 2001. And uh, every time she brought it out, I laughed. 
because it made me feel uncomfortable. And I was like, I don't want, no, I don't want to do a silly Devo and read together. That's weird. Who does that? <laughs> I love this book. <laughs> so I was reading the other day, and this wasn't even, I hadn't even referenced this, but, but it was literally March 1st Devo. And I want to read it. It's an unknown author, but it, it, it ties into what I just talked about. Because God's faithfulness doesn't look how we would make it work. It doesn't look how we would make it look, and it, the results aren't how we would, would make it. But this, I, I love this, and it's something we always have to be reminded of. Often God seems to place his children in positions of profound difficulty, leading them into a wedge from which there is no escape, contriving a situation which no human judgment would have permitted had it been previously consulted. The very cloud conducts them thither. I don't even know what that word means. You may be thus involved at this very hour. It does not seem, it does seem perplexing and very serious to that degree, but it is perfectly right. The issue will more than justify him who has brought you hither. It is a platform for the display of his almighty grace and power. He will not only deliver you, but in doing so, he will give you a lesson that you will never forget. And to which, in many a psalm and song, in after days, you will revert. You will never be able to thank God enough for having done just as he has. I read that and was literally astounded. It's an anonymous writer. But it, hark, it, it, it reminds me of a conversation I had one time with Pastor Tim, and I was relaying something and I, that I had, had to walk through, and, and all of a sudden, it was like this certain group of psalms that I had read for years were brand new. Like, I, I didn't, I'd never read them before. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know what this reader's talking about. But I hadn't before. It was only because I had just walked through something and now had a true understanding. And now there's psalms that I like, I flip back to all the time. And, and, and it's God's faithfulness to grow us because we have to remember that we're, we're a sojourner. Like he's doing his work in us here, not for here, but for there, for eternity. Now, yeah, some of the work, some, the, the work he's doing in us here will benefit us here and will benefit others around us here. But the end state is eternity. So application is the next portion to cover, because there's always an application. You know, we, we, we've talked about our view and what we kind of thought and built up in our minds what faithfulness is, what God sees it as. We've got application. Second Chronicles 16.9. So 2 Chronicles 16.9 talks about, it's a specific verse about what the Lord is looking for. It says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. Whose hearts are loyal to him. Remember, let me flip back to our definitions. The definition of faithful starts out with loyal, constant, 
and steadfast. Second Chronicles 16.9 tells us that God is looking for people whose hearts are steadfast to him, or that cling to him. So the application here, and, and everyone is familiar with the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11, I'm going to just pick a few things because there's characteristics that we as Christians should emulate if we are being faithful. Abel offered to God an excellent sacrifice. Enoch pleased God with his faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called. Sarah conceived because she judged God faithful because he had promised. Abraham gave an offering concluding that God could do a miracle if his son was going to be sacrificed. George Mueller prayed for provision and look what happened and what God did blessing his ministry, orphanages, and taking kids off the street. There's a pattern here, and it's a pattern that our faith should emulate. Those that have gone before us all display the same type of characteristics in their walk with Christ. Offering a sacrifice, having faith, being obedient. Judging God as faithful to complete the work that you know he started in you. He's not going to give up on you. Don't give up on him just because it's not happening in your time. And pray earnestly. The, the love that God has shown us, um, it, it, it creates first a love in us for him, right? We are so blown away by the love God has for us that, that we, we, we love him. And through that, we now have a love for others. And, and this goes back to my, my, my point that when you have love, the other fruit of the spirits happen, right? You, it's, they're, they're all intertwined, but it's hard to be faithful to someone or something you don't love. It's hard to be patient or gentle with something or someone you don't love, right? And you can make that argument for every one of the fruit of the Spirit. So love, when we have that and we start to love others, get what that does, it changes because now I love my brother or sister in Christ. Now I, I desire to be faithful to them. I desire to, to show faithfulness, right? Remember, that's a, that's a longevity. There's a time there, not just for... I will be faithful on Saturday, but you're on your own the rest of the week. The love we, if I truly love someone, you know what? Yes, you got a flat tire. I'm going to come help you because I love you, right? Without that love, mm, <laughs> that's AAA. <laughs> but that faithfulness and, and, and uh, an example of that is honoring commitments. That's being faithful, honoring commitments, honoring your word, letting your yes be yes and your no be no. That's part of that. Having and making commitments leads to that steadfastness of being faithful. So the faithfulness to God, remember, it's the quality of being faithful. It will work in our lives and then begin to work in other ways in our lives. You know, we have um, 
so many verses that show God's faithfulness. I read a few. A quick couple I threw down. Abraham and the promise of bringing forth a nation through his family. Did Abraham see that? Moses and the Israelites being rescued and provided through the desert. Provision of Israel through Joshua as the head of the land of Egypt. Esther and the Hebrews being delivered from Haman's evil plot. Deliverance of the sick, the blind, the lame, those with leprosy, and, 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 and those controlled by demons. We have over 6,000 years of written history of God's faithfulness. Like written. And, and that's, just the, that's just the Bible. It doesn't include your life. It doesn't include my life. But, but we have a, a list that is a plumb line for what faithfulness looks like. It's, it's not, it's not your, your, your 30 second phone call that doesn't show your faithfulness. It's the calls consistently over and over and over. The bearing the burdens of your brother or your sister over and over and over. And, and, and believe me, sometimes it's exhausting. But that's what we're called to do. Because God snapped the chalk line and gave us a line of what faithfulness is and what it looks like. So, quick question is, is, is that what we're doing? I, I can honestly say, not really. Like when I did the study, I'm like, ah. Oh. It's like, how, I don't even do this. Like, how am I teaching this? But, but. Does our faithfulness measure up? And the answer, the answer is no, because it's always, there's always more, it's always something we can strive for. And that's what he wants us to do. He doesn't want us to get to the finish line next month. He's been faithful for, since the beginning of time. It's, it's, it's not a sprint, and it's not a marathon. It's eternity, right? And he wants us to begin to work on that. But we can't do that in our flesh. The Holy Spirit gives us, like, it's a fruit of the Spirit, right? But we can't do any of it without the Spirit. I can't be faithful. I can't have faithfulness without the Holy Spirit's help. Yet, I know I'm, I know I'm saved. I have the Holy Spirit, and it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit, but I still need Him to do these. And, and we all do. And, and, and really, this topic is, is, is just a very short 101 class on, on, on how to look at faithfulness. We have our definition, which is the world, which is wrong. We have God's definition, which is amazing and true and right. And that's the measuring stick. And that's what we have to measure by. And then we have the application, which is simply allowing the Holy Spirit to correct you in areas that need to be corrected. I have a lot of work to do in following up on calling certain brothers. I, I can honestly admit, I'm not the most faithful in that area. And doing this study reminded me of that. When you ask the Holy Spirit to reveal areas that you can increase your, faithful, your faithfulness in, He's going to show it to you. And it's okay. Just like these other brothers and sisters that have gone before us that were just simply obedient. Yep, they just said yes. That's really what I wanted to talk about. Um, these qualities of God are, are so overwhelming, sometimes it's hard to encapsulate or even put them down on paper because there's, there's so many to grab from. But 
because of God's faithfulness, that's why, that's why the hymn is so easy to sing. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that I've needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. And I love it. But I want to end with a, a quote from George Mueller. And it's really simple. It's going to remind you that God is for you. He has always been faithful. He will never fail you. No matter how you're looking at whatever it is, he's looking at it through a heavenly father's eyes. George Mueller said, be assured that if you walk with him and you look to him and expect help from him, he will never fail you. So uh, with that, that's all I got. Let's, uh, let's close in prayer. George Mueller, it, it, be assured that if you walk with him and look to him and expect help from him, he will never fail you. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time you set aside. Oh, what a relief it is to be in your house and to have everything shed away. Father, thank you for your Holy Spirit and these, these characteristics of, of the fruit that your Holy Spirit gives us. And while we, we falter and we stumble, and we're not great in them, God, we desire to be. So I pray tonight that as we leave here, you would, by your Holy Spirit, show us what areas we need to just flat out shore up and, and, and walk more faithfully in where we need to be more faithful where if someone looked at our lives are we faithful and and is there faithfulness in an area in our life if that's not the case lord where is it where do we need to 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 work on what what does the change need to be reveal that to us please we know you will god you're so merciful so gracious thank you for saving each and every one of us in here Lord, we love you and praise you. I pray that you would just refresh each of us in here as we leave here. Give us a a fresh anointing of your Holy Spirit. And let let our eyes look to you. Let us be refreshed in the fact that you have saved us. We are called out from where we were, and we are free. We love you and thank you, and uh, we praise you for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.